0: Good morning, and happy New Year's! Oh, this is going to be the best year ever. I do believe the best is truly yet to come, and uh, I want to start talking about that. But uh, if if you did not get a uh, Christmas card from the Thomas household. Uh, because maybe we've misplaced your address or got it wrong or something or other. If you, if you want one, it's a, a little family photo and uh, a little letter of what's been going on this past year. You can stop at the Connections desk and grab one and get your address updated if you would like to do so. Um, also, uh, I don't know if anybody's had an opportunity. If you've only been in this door this way, And you you, you go, well the elevator is still just a board over that door over there. If you was to take a walk around and you look at the massive addition that's on the back out there, and uh, you know, I I told y'all it would be in by Christmas, 2017, and uh, no, I'd hoped it would be in by 2016, but it will be in this month, totally and complete, the whole thing, but the building is up, it's roofed, it's sided. And there's new stairs, and you look at it and I go, wow, I didn't know it was going to be like that. that it's awesome out there. So you can take a peek if you'd like to do so. Um, I want to talk to you about unlocked treasure. Is anybody interested in treasure? I mean, they sell these things at the store, you know, these treasure finders, you know, that you can go beep, 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 and, and, you know, you dig a great big hole, and you find a paper clip or something or another. Or something much more valuable. But uh, how many of you uh, have a a set or uh, or two of these here? Well, this is really not a big set of keys. I used to carry a big set of keys, and I actually had to wear suspenders just to keep my (laughs) pants up because it was such a big. But nowadays, I just carry this. You know what that's called right there? has an M on it. It's a master key. This will open your house, your car, your garage, your treasures. No, but it opens dozens and dozens of locks around here, you know. It's awesome. I mean, it represents many, many keys that I don't have to carry on. This is here. What's that? That's a a USB charger thing with Jager. That's on there, too. So uh, anyhow, have you ever locked your keys in your car. Let me see hands. Everybody. <laughs> wow, I'm not alone. <laughs> but how important is a set of keys, especially when you can look and say, "I see them, but I can't touch them." You ever locked your keys in your house? You know, and uh, anybody ever broke a window to get into your house? You know, okay, put your hands down real quick. Okay, all right. But we understand that unlocked is important. If you have something that is valuable, we understand for it to be unlocked is really, really important to us. So as we launch out into this year, you know, the the cover is being closed on 2016. And the the cover is being opened on this new book called 2017. And I want to challenge you about the treasures and the blessings and the promises, the riches and and all that God has promised you that they will be all around you in 2017. And you can discover them if you want to. We can learn the principles and we can discover the keys if we want to, or some people will go through this coming year with all this around them, but uh, unknown to them. Not tapping into them, not accessing the treasure, the blessings that God has provided. You know, not not knowing the combination or not having an understanding of the right key to unlock that. So that's what we want to talk about a little bit. Just kind of a little introduction this morning. But let me read you something I came across a number of years ago. There was a geologist by the name of Dr. Williamson who was doing some work in the country of Tanzania, one day he found himself driving in a deserted area, slipping and sliding along a rain-soaked road. Suddenly his four-wheel drive vehicle sank up to its axles in the mud and got stuck. Anybody here ever been stuck in the mud or something like that? Pulling out his shovel, Dr. Williamson began the unpleasant task of digging out of a mud hole. He had been at it for a while when his shovel uncovered something strange. It was a pink-like stone of some sort. Being a geologist and naturally curious about rock formations, he picked it up and wiped away the mud. The more mud he removed, the more excited he became. He could hardly believe what he saw. When the stone was finally clean, Dr. Williamson was beside himself with joy. He had discovered a diamond. Now, any diamond at all would be a surprise in that situation, but Dr. Williamson found what became known as the famous pink diamond of Tanzania. That stone today sits in the royal scepter of Great Britain, and Dr. Williamson is famous around the world for his find, as accidental as it may have been. Do you think it's possible to find treasure in unlikely places? You think it's possible at times when you would rather fuss and groan and moan and bellyache and complain about being stuck in a mud hole, you think it's possible to find a treasure there? But if you've got the wrong attitude, that treasure is just going to end out up with a shovel of mud out in the field somewhere, and you'll go completely by it and not discover it. A lot of it has to do with our attitude as we launch out into 2017. A lot of it has to do with us expecting to find his blessings and his treasure that he has so graciously put all around us and that he wants us to discover, and they are unlocked. That's what God's position is for us. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 45, verse 3. It says, and I will give you, this is God speaking, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, Secret riches. That's what God says. I will give this to you. They're hidden. It's secret riches. Now I was reading another article. The Smith House in Georgia has been sitting on a gold mine for more than a century. During renovation of the landmark hotel back in February 2006, workers discovered the entrance to a four-foot-wide hole under the concrete floor in the main dining hall. The hole goes straight down for 19 feet to the entrance of a gold mine under the building. Captain Frank Hall built the house in 1884. As legend has it, the city would not permit Hall to dig for gold on the property, partly because it was too close to the downtown square and partly because he was a Yankee. It would appear that he built the house to cover up his mining operation until his health failed and he sold the land. We never would have known it if we hadn't chipped up the concrete, Chris Welch, the owner of the hotel said. For many years, the owners have joked with patrons that they were sitting on a gold mine. They had no idea just how true a statement that really was. Kind of makes you wonder what's under your house, you know. Kind of makes you wonder about things in your yard or things that you've never, well, I wonder what that might be, right? When you think about it, what might, what treasure might be in your life unlocked and really available to you if we only knew it was there? How it might change things for you, you know? The thing is, we've not even looked. We never were even conscious of the possibility. Well, I'm going to tell you, There's a great possibility that you will discover unlocked treasure in 2017 if we'll learn some secrets from Almighty God. Uh, Listen to what it says back here in Isaiah 45, verse 3. I'm going to read it again. He says, And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord your God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. He says, I'm going to reveal these things to you. You're going to know that I'm the Lord your God and I know your name. It's not just, hey, hey, you, but he says he knows our name. He knows everything about us. He genuinely does. And if you want to access all the promises, all the riches, all the treasures, all the blessings of Almighty God, it is available to us. God has unlocked so much for us, but we got to be on the lookout for it. And you might even discover it a mud hole. So we got to keep the right attitude every day, wherever we go, because you just don't know what you might discover. You have a busted pipe in your house and you're all upset and you have to go through the concrete to repair this pipe and you discover a gold mine. Who knows? So let's keep the right attitude in 2017 and who knows what we may discover. But I do know this, God's trying to reveal himself to us and he has put treasures all around us. It's kind of like an awesome Easter egg hunt. And he wants us to be on the lookout for his treasures, for his blessings. Uh, in Psalms 31, verse 19, it says, your goodness is so great. Your goodness is so great. You have stored up. I mean, it's piled high, amassed, you know? You have stored up. Great blessings for those who honor you. Another translation says for those who fear you. Another translation says for those who worship you. But he says you have stored up this, these great blessings for those who honor you. And the way we honor God is with our time, our energy and our resources. God has amassed all these blessings for those who live a life that honors him. That's just the way it is. Are, are we even aware of that, you know? Let me continue on in verse 19. It says, You have done so much for those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. God's blessing that he is wanting to pour out upon each one of us is not something he tries to do in secret. He pours out his blessings upon us. And, and some of them are just spiritual blessings of forgiveness Some is peace, some is joy in difficult times. And some is material possessions and having more than you need and ability to help others who are in need. And 10,000 other kinds of things. But he pours it out upon you before the watching world. God wants other people to look and see. Oh, that's one of God's kids. I'm, I'm, I'm really better off than they are, but they seem to be doing better than I am, you know. There must be some connection between their God and what's going on in their life. They seem to be happier. They seem to be more satisfied, and they seem to have maybe less than I do. How can this be? Anyhow, he says, You have done so much for those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Now, does God always prevent storms? Not necessarily at all. As a matter of fact, he likes to go through the storms with you. And if you think about it, you know, the the dangers that are out there, it's better to be in danger with God's presence than to have no danger at all and be completely unaware of the presence of Almighty God. You think about the uh, disciples, they learned more from being in a sinking ship out at sea with Christ in the back of the boat than they would have ever learned just walking on the shore. They learned that Christ could speak to the storm and the wind and say, peace be still, and it stopped. They learned that Jesus could walk on water. You know, they learned all kinds of things. Daniel, he learned so much. He would have never learned anywhere else, but he learned so much being thrown into a den of hungry lions. He saw the power of Almighty God to calm those ravenous beasts and that God was truly in control. And uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were thrown into a fiery furnace only to discover there was someone awaiting them. All the soldiers and the leaders of the nation said, didn't we throw three men in that furnace? We see four of them in there, and one of them looks like the Son of God. I'm gonna tell you: unlocked treasures are found in lions' dens and in fiery furnaces and out in storms in the sea. You know, unlocked treasures. Amazing things are found in mud holes. They're they're found when problems arise, and you gotta dig up your foundation. And we'll be on the lookout. And expecting to find unlocked treasures in 2017, you'll find it. Some are spiritual, some are material, some are emotional, some are relational. Any way they come, any shape or form that they come, you will be discovering them if you're looking. Because God delights in blessing us before the watching world. He genuinely does. Uh, Then in verse 20, Psalms 31 verse 20, it says... You hide them in the shelter of your presence. He pours out his blessings on us before the watching world, but when the enemy comes against us, he hides us. Where? In a closet somewhere? In a hole in the ground somewhere? He hides us in his presence. It's the same place that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were hiding from the the torturous heat of that furnace. It's the same place that Daniel was hiding when he was in that lion's den, and the lions couldn't find him all night long. It says, you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. I was reading about a family, and the mom was asking her husband, she said, why do you seem to enjoy taking our kids on walks around our community at nighttime when it's dark? Why do you enjoy taking our kids down into the basement where it's dark at? He said, when I take them on walks in the dark, they cling to my hands even tighter. And I like it. And you know what I think? If the truth was to be made known in difficult times in our life, we'd probably cling to God even tighter. And our relationship is strengthened as we find that he is there. And we can hide in him. And he's going to take care of us and provide for us and care for us in amazing ways kinds of ways psalms 91 is an awesome psalm you know it, it'd be worth i know you think i'm probably say reading but no it's worth memorizing the whole psalm it really is but let me give you a couple of verses here psalms 91 verse 11 it says for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up. That means keep you from stumbling, keep you from falling. They'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon lions. If there's lions out there coming for you, you're going to tread upon them. You shall tread upon lions, upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion, who's even stronger, and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. And you'll be unharmed. They're coming to devour you, take your life, but you will be unharmed and you will trample upon them. I think that's a treasure. I think that's a blessing from Almighty God. That's what he said. And then he says, he tells us why. Why we'll have all this advantage over lions and and over serpents and all, and and why angels will watch over us and keep us. He's talking to the psalmist. He's talking to David He says, because he, talking about David, because he has set his love upon me. Because David has set his love upon me, my angels are going to keep watch over him. Lions ain't going to kill him. You know, serpents aren't going to kill him because David has set his love. Now, David made some pretty serious mistakes, but David was also known as a man who had a heart for God. And it says, because God's speaking, he says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Because David has set his love upon me, I'm going to deliver him. David is going to access the promises, the treasures, the riches, the blessings of God, because he set his love upon me. David loves me, so says God. Because he has set his love upon upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name not because he knew a bunch of words or a bunch of rules or regulations or traditions no but because he had a personal relationship with god that you and i can have as we launch into 2017 we can have a relationship with god and set our love upon god where we know him as daddy, you know, my father. We know his son, Jesus. And he surely knows our name, and he surely knows everything about us. Anyhow, let me read this verse to you again out of the Message Bible. Verse 14. It says, if you'll hold on to me for dear life, if you'll hold on to me for dear life, like you would hold on to a life raft out at sea, If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of, what's that word? Any trouble. trouble. He didn't say 90% of troubles. He said any trouble. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, if you'll set your love upon me like David did, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care. And if you'll only get to know and trust me. If you'll only get to know and trust me. He's talking about a relationship. If you get to know and trust God, his angels will be there to protect you. Lions and serpents will be no problem for you if you establish a relationship with Almighty God. That is a key that really unlocks the treasures that God has in store for you is having a relationship with God. He goes on to say in verse 15, He shall call upon me He's talking about this guy who sets his affections, his love upon him. David, he said, he shall call upon me and I'll answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He says, I'll satisfy him. You know, that's something a lot of people in this world aren't experiencing. They're, They're not experiencing satisfaction. No matter how much money they make, no matter how much they have, they look at somebody else and they're not satisfied. They're comparing themselves with other people lots of times, and they're unsatisfied. And contentment with Almighty God is absolutely amazing. He says, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, as far as I go, I want the blessings and the treasures of God for 2017. What about you? Would you rather have lots of flat tires, at least one week, get stuck in mud holes at least twice a week? Would you like all your plumbing to fail? Your house to catch you on fire? All kinds of new sicknesses and diseases that you have first have and the doctors they never heard of them before. Would you like all this kinds of stuff to go on? Or do you want the blessings of God in this year before us? I want the blessings For me and for my family and for our church family and for our friends and for our community I want the blessings and the treasures and the riches of God for our state for our politicians for our United States of America I want the blessings of God upon us in 2017 and for our world is that a wrong thing to want no it's not let's look at Psalms 119 verse 58 The psalmist says, with all my heart, I want your blessings. With all my heart, I want your blessings. And we know it comes from having a a relationship with the blesser. And his blessings, his treasures are unlocked for us. He wants us to access them. Although sometimes because we value them so little, we don't discover them. Because our attitude is not right, the blessings goes out in a shovel full of mud, and we never discover it when it could have actually changed our life forever. So he says here in Psalms 119, verse 58, with all my heart, I want your blessings. There was a a rock hound named Rob Cutshaw, and he owned a little roadside shop outside of Andrews, North Carolina. I know right where that's at. Like many in the trade, he hunts for rocks and then he sells them to collectors or jewelry makers. He knows enough about rocks to decide which to pick up and sell, but he's no expert. He leaves appraising of his rocks to other people. As much as he enjoys the work, it doesn't always pay the bills. He occasionally moonlights cutting wood to help put food on the table. While on a dig, 20 years ago, Rob found a rock he described as purdy and big. He tried unsuccessfully to sell the specimen; no one would buy it, so he kept the rock in his closet. He guessed that this blue chunk could bring as much as five hundred bucks, but he would have taken less if something urgent came up, like paying for his power bill. Well, that's how close Rob came to hocking it for a few hundred dollars. What turned out to be the largest, most valuable sapphire ever found. The blue rock that Rob had abandoned to the darkness of his closet for two decades. Twenty years it sat in his closet. Now is known as the Star of David. A sapphire weighs nearly a pound and could easily sell for $2.75 million. There was something of great value that would have changed his life. But it sat in a closet for 20 years because he did not know the value. I wonder if we know the value of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wonder if we understand the value <clears throat> of setting our love upon him. I wonder if we can understand how then we could begin to discover all these unlocked treasures that he is trying to reveal to us. Spiritual treasures, yes, but physical treasures, emotional, relational to meet your every need, whatever it might would be. Anyhow, a lot of people do not value what God has placed great value upon. I don't know if you've uh, seen this or not. I went on YouTube the other day because I've done it myself. And I went on YouTube and it was hilarious what people have done. Have you ever, you know, and you don't have to admit it if you don't want to, but have you ever tried to get into a building And you went there, there's a great big handle, so you know you have to pull the door because it has a big handle, and you pulled it, but the door would not open. Somebody else, some little kid comes by and just pushes the door and walks right in. (laughs) Have you ever pushed or pulled the wrong way on a a glass door? (laughs) Or maybe ran into it? (laughs) If you check it out on YouTube, you'll see hundreds of glass doors have been broken because people didn't understand how they worked. In one classic example, a guy robbed a bank. He got all the money and he ran and the door that says pull, apparently he couldn't read, I don't know, but he pushed and pushed and beat and kicked it and kicked it and kicked it and then he kind of just sat down on the floor waiting for the police to come because <laughs> he figured they had some kind of special locks on the doors for bank robbers when the truth of it was when the police came from the outside, they just pushed the door and opened it and walked in put him in handcuffs, and walked him away. See, there was freedom right in front of him, but he didn't know how to access it. And things like that happen in this day. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. See, knowing God unlocks his treasure. The King James Bible says my people perish for the lack of knowledge. They don't understand. (laughs) You've got to pull Instead of push, there's a time to push and there's a time to pull, but we need to understand those things and we need to understand the principles that give us access to all those unlocked treasures that God has for us. It's pretty amazing when you think of it. The greatest sermon that was ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived, it was called the Sermon on the Mount. The preacher was Jesus himself. I just want to read it to you. It's found in the book of Matthew chapter 5. It's amazing. And and I'm going to read to you out of the Message Bible. Listen to what it says. Matthew 5, verse 1 says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside, a mountain. Those who were apprenticed to him, uh, the committed, they climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. And this is what he said, verse 3 You're blessed. Blessings is a treasure. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. say, what? You ever been at the end of your rope? Does that sound like a good place to be? Man, I'm at the end of my rope. But Jesus said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You know the song we listened to a while ago? Maybe his blessings come through raindrops. A storm? Maybe the healing comes through tears. Maybe, maybe this awesome diamond that would change your life is found in a mud hole. It's not the way that you naturally think it would come. He says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. When it's like, I don't have anywhere else to go but to God, then all of a sudden we find out, maybe for the first time, that God is enough. And he is bigger and more awesome and powerful than we ever dreamed he would be. Let me read that verse to you out of the New Living Translation. Verse 3, it says, God blesses those who realize, they become conscious of, God blesses those who realize their need for him. When a man or a woman realizes their need for God, he blesses that. God blesses those who realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven, Is given to them. You know what that means? The kingdom of heaven is unlocked. When a man or a woman recognizes their need for God, click, it's unlocked. His treasures, His blessings, His promises are available and now can be accessed. Do you realize your need for Him? Let's pick up in verse four as we continue on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, You're blessed. When you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. When you feel like you've lost what's most dear to you. Now, feelings aren't right or wrong. But when you feel like you've lost what's most dear to you, he says, you are blessed because only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. God shows up in your loss, your feelings of that loss. God shows up and reveals himself to you in ways that will transform your life. Verse 5, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. So much of the time we are comparing ourselves with other people. Well, if I could just be like that movie star, if I could just be like that sports character, if I could just be like him or her or them or they, then I would really be satisfied. But he says here, he says... You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can be bought. And you know, what really makes a man and a woman rich is not material things in the first place. There's a lot of people who have more than all of us put together, and they take their own lives because they're so empty, and they're shallow, and they're just not satisfied And he says here in this passage, if I can find it again, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, a man, a woman with a relationship with God. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Verse 6, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Do you have an appetite for God? You, you know what I'm talking about when you have an appetite for something? Now, I haven't had no breakfast unless 12 o'clock. <laughs> and I don't have, no, have any possibility because I didn't include eating in my sermon today. <laughs> so it's going to be probably 2 o'clock before I get a chance to eat anything. I'm getting a little bit hungry. And when you get hungry, it kind of dominates your mind. You're thinking about, well, where can we stop or where can we go? Let's go visit somebody who has food, you know, (laughs) or something. But you know what I'm talking about? To have an appetite? You can't just make it go away. But listen to what he says. He says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Would to God that you would have a good appetite for him in 2017 where you set your love upon him, that you're hungry for God. And when you're hungry for God, you're going to discover his treasures are unlocked. He says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Verse 7, you're blessed when you care. Because you know a lot of people go through life, and and I'm not sure if it's just because of pride. I don't care. And you'll tell them something good, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. I don't care. Maybe it's because of pride, you yeah, I just don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. But he says here, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. Verse 8, you're blessed when you get your inside world, talking about your mind and your heart, put right. If you'll get your mind, and the Bible tells us to renew our mind of his word, and he tells us to get our heart cleansed, by inviting Jesus to come in, and he washes all of our sin away. And he says here in verse 8, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. There are some people, I don't believe that God exists. I look here, I don't see God nowhere. They don't have their mind and their heart put right, see. But when we allow Christ to come into our heart, and we begin to renew our mind with his word. Then we look all around us and, and we even find diamonds and mud holes. <laughs> and, 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 and we find gold mines under the foundation when we're having to repair something that's, that's damaged and all. And, and we're finding great treasures in lion's dens and in fiery furnaces and, and places that you'd never expect to find a blast in. But he says when we get our heart and our mind right, Then you can see God in the outside world. How would you like to see God on the move in 2017? For 365 days to see God on the move and discovering the unlocked treasures that he has left for you along the way. Wow, that's that's awesome. Verse 9 says, You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of how to compete or fight. Show them how to cooperate. Show them how to get along. Show them how to walk in humility. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Verse 10, you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. You mean when I'm persecuted, I'm blessed? And some people go, well, I don't want to really be blessed then. But see, why, is, why does he say this? You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution because you're godly. Hey, you first. You pray for somebody. You help somebody. You give good advice when you're asked for. And other people, ah, you're just one of those goody two-shoes or, you know, you think you're better than us, although you never act that way at all. But see, the light of Christ that's in you shines out. And listen to what it says. You're blessed when your commitment to God, when your commitment to God provokes persecution the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down. When people put you down because you, you, you unashamedly declare that you love God. Kind of like our vice president-elect. Unashamedly, he lets people know how much he loves God. He's not ashamed to do it. and he, As a vice president, he'll take office. You know, it's pretty amazing. But he says, not only that, but count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me, God says. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort, for them, and they are uncomfortable. See, they're living in darkness, and, and you're showing the light And you're doing it with patience and love and kindness but they don't like the light because they're living in darkness you see verse 12 says you can be glad when that happens give a cheer even for though you don't like it God says I like it when people fuss at you because they see you have a relationship with me because they see what they could have and maybe they will choose that someday and all heaven applauds when you're persecuted when other people recognize you have a relationship with God He says, all heaven applauds you. Your light is shining bright. Now, you don't just aggravate people. You understand that. You can just be a jerk and aggravate people and say, I'm suffering persecution. No, you're not. You're just stupid. Did I say that out loud? I'm not supposed to say stupid. I'm sorry. You just like wisdom. Okay. So I'm not saying do stuff to aggravate people. I'm just saying live like Christ. And it shines a light and people will persecute you. And he says, all heaven applauds that. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Hmm. Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, And he, Jesus is telling us this, he, God, you know, he, and he will give you, what's that next word? All you need from day to day. If you live for him. And you make the kingdom of God your primary concern. What's primary mean? Number one one above everything else. And God's going to give you all you need. From day to day, 365 days out of the year, you're going to discover unlocked treasures and blessings and promises and wisdom and direction. And he will give you all you need from day to day if you'll live for him in 2017 Let's just hunger for God. Let's set our love upon him. Let's live our lives for him. And he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. You know what? I got so much. I'm just laying a foundation here, okay? I've got 15 pages of notes. I got five minutes. And I'm on page nine at a moment, okay? So should I read this now, this next chapter? Or should I wait till next week? It's just so good. I'm going I'm to risk it and read it, okay? I want you to listen to what this says. It's a common passage to most, you know, if you've known Christ for any length of time. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 through 13. It starts off with this big word, If. Is a conditional word. And life and death hinges on if. If you fully obey, and remember to obey, it's a choice. If you obey the stop line, the stop sign, or you obey the traffic light, it's a choice. If you fully obey the Lord your God by keeping all the commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will exalt you above all the nations of the world. He'll lift you up. He says in verse 2, you will experience all these blessings. They're unlocked for you. You will experience all these blessings if you'll obey the Lord your God. And you remember how we obey him? You don't obey him because you're afraid that God's going to do something bad to you. No. You obey him like David did because you set your love upon him. You obey him because you're just hungry for God, you see. There's a difference when you obey someone because you love them versus you're just afraid or something like that. So he says here in verse two, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Verse three says, you will be blessed in your towns and in the country. So if you live in the town, you know, or you live in outside in the city, wherever, you're blessed. Verse 4 says, You will be blessed with many children and productive fields. You'll be blessed with fertile herds and flocks. Now, we don't do as much livestock today, but it's talking about your occupation. He says in verse 5, You will be blessed with baskets overflowing with fruit and with kneading bowls filled with bread. You will be blessed wherever you go, both in coming and in going. The Lord will conquer your enemies. When they attack you, they will attack you from one direction. They've united their forces and their strength is powerful because they're united. But they will scatter from you in seven directions. They're going, ah! Like you hear about somebody goes into a place that's infested with cockroaches. You turn a light on at night. What happens? Ah! You know, they're getting out of there. And he said, that's what your enemies are going to do. They're going to be scattered in every direction no longer united verse 8 it says the lord will bless what's that word the lord will bless and and i believe god's word to the core of my being i stake my life i do stake my life on what he has promised and what he has said and it says the lord will bless everything you do that means if you're making lunch today, if you're working on your car, if you're in your business, if you've got married, if you're trying to enrich your, your marriage, your relationships, or, or mentor someone, or raise your kids, or invest, or plant a garden, or change a tire, or whatever you do, the Lord will bless every. Thing you do, you'll discover his treasures are unlocked. (laughs) If you've set your love upon him, if you're hungry for him, if you're in a relationship with him, the Lord will bless everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you if you obey, and remember obedience is a choice. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as as he solemnly promised to do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by God. Now, there may be some family members in in your family that you don't want anybody to know that you're related to. (laughs) That may be the case. But God is not ashamed of you. And he wants the whole world to know that he claims you as his own. He wants everybody to know, no matter what you did last year or how bad you may have been once upon a time, it don't matter. He says here, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. God goes, that's my boy, that's my girl. And he's not ashamed of you at all. And it says, and they, all the nations of the world, will stand in awe and go like, you have a relationship with almighty God? Yeah, we hang out all the time. And he blesses you before the watch? Yeah. And I'm a whole lot better off than you are and a lot smarter than you are, but you seem to be better off than me. How can that be? Well, God said all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you an abundance of good things. He's going to give you an abundance of good things in the land he swore to give your ancestors, many children, numerous lives uh, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time. How important is timing? What does the proper time have to do with it? What happens if God doesn't send rain at the proper time? You can have a flood and it can destroy human life. It can destroy all your crops. Can it not? What if you planted your crops and they're coming up and, and, and you're counting on making a killing when you sell and all your bills are going to be paid and you're going to be set for you know, years to come, but then it don't rain? and all your crops dry up in the field. Timing is everything, isn't it? In the stock market, is it everything? When to buy, when to sell, right? He says here, the Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens to bless all the work that you do. You will lend to many, but you'll never need to borrow from them. Would you rather be in a position where you could lend to many people or would you rather be in a position that you have to borrow? I think most of us have the wisdom to choose the right answer there. It's better to be in a position that you can help somebody else than to always be in a position of needing help. Is that correct? But he says, part of the unlocked treasure is that you'll be in a position to lend to others and you won't have to need to borrow. That's what he's telling us right there. Verse 13 says, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and you carefully obey them, remember obedience is a choice and we're obeying because we've set our love upon God because we're hungry for God. We've got an appetite for God, you know. And he says, if you listen to these commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Now, have you ever went to a costume party as a horse? You know, it takes two people. Would you rather be the tail where you've got to stand like this and you've got to bend down like this and you're just the tail? The person whose head is up here, they can see, they can eat, and they can drink, and they can talk to people and all that kinds of stuff. But you're back in there. Would you rather be the head or the tail of the horse? I think most of us would rather be the head. Okay. He says here... If you, verse 13, if you listen to the commands of the Lord your God and carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will, what's that word? Always have the upper hand. Does that appeal to you in 2017, to have the upper hand? Would you rather have the upper hand or would you rather be the person who's always getting taken advantage of? I think you want the upper hand in 2017. Listen to what Jesus says here. In John 14, 21, he says, Those who obey my commandments are the ones who love me. Oh, to obey him out of love. If you love God, you will obey him. Because talk is cheap. There's some people would sing that song, Oh, how I love Jesus, but don't obey anything that Jesus says. He says, Those who obey my commandments, they're the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and I will reveal myself to each one of them. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. And Jesus said it personal. He said, I will reveal myself. You're going to get to know me not just about me. You're not going to know me as a historical figure. You're going to get to know me in a real personal way. Jesus says, if you're obeying him because you love him, he said, I'm going to reveal myself to each and every one. Remember what the Psalm uh, 91 said, verse 14? Because David, because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. And I will set him on high because he has known my name. David has set his love upon me and I've unlocked the treasures and the blessings because David set his love upon me. As we launch out into 2017, let us set our love upon God. Let us have an appetite for as much of God as we can get. Let's put God first. Make God and his kingdom our primary concern, even if some people make fun of it or joke about it or put you down about it, it don't matter. God says, I like it. When your light is shining so bright and people say, turn that thing off, you know, God says, I like that. Ooh, let's see here. Well, let, let me read you one more verse. Uh, Psalms 84, verse 11, it says, No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. One more passage. This is just kind of like a little bit of our foundational material here. But in Proverbs 13, verse 21, listen to what it says. Trouble chases sinners, while blessings chase the righteous. That means the people who are in a right relationship with God. What do you want chasing you throughout the 365 days ahead of us? You want trouble chasing you or blessings? I want the blessings of Almighty God chasing me. The psalm says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want his blessings following me. I want his blessings chasing me. Let us set our love upon God. Let's let's have an appetite for more of God in our life and, and, and to learn his ways, learn his principles. Principles always work. You know, gravity, no matter how many times I do this, it's going to fall down. Learn the principles of God. And discover the unlocked treasure. You may find it in a shovel full of mud. You may find it in the most unlikely places. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Don't lose your cool. Because there's probably some great treasure around that you can discover when you're feeling like acting a different way. That's just the truth of it. Let me see. Oh, I said one more verse. Can I just read one more? And this is it. This is it. This is it for today. All right. Psalms 32, first one says, Blessed is the person whose disobedience is forgiven. Everything in 2016 and every year before that, as long as you have lived, we can go right now and know that I'm forgiven. I have been pardoned. I'm forgiven. And none of that has any effect upon my future. Blessed is the person whose disobedience is forgiven, and whose sin is pardoned. Not covered. I hope that nobody finds out about it. But it's forgiven and pardoned. In First John 1, 9, it says, if we'll confess with our mouth to God, if we'll confess with our mouth to God, if we'll confess our sins to him, what happens? He's faithful, and he's just to forgive us, to pardon us, and to cleanse us from every wrong. That's what he promises so we can start with a brand new slate. No strikes against us. No matter what you've done or what you didn't do that you should have done, it's all behind us. It's forgiven. We're pardoned. We're starting off fresh with the opportunity to set our love upon Christ. With the opportunity to, to work up an appetite for God. To seek him and his kingdom first and primary above everything else. And you will discover unlocked treasures and blessings 365 days out of the year. And when things get difficult, the chance that you find unlocked treasures is higher. When you find yourself in a den of lions or a fiery furnace, look, be on the lookout for what God's doing. And when your mind and your heart is right, it says you're going to see what God's doing in this world in which we live. You'll see it. These are some principles that will transform and change our life if we'll apply those things. Let's let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for giving us your word and thank you for your mercy and your grace and for forgiving us. And I thank you that all those things that are behind us are behind us. And we choose to forget those things and we choose to look forward to having a better relationship with you this year than we have ever had before. Thank you for unlocking your treasures. Thank you, Almighty God, for putting them on the lower shelf. Thank you for surrounding us with your treasures and your blessings every day of our life, no matter whether it looks good or bad or not. Thank you, Almighty God, that we'll discover you're with us, holding our hands so tightly. Father, I ask that you would open our eyes that we can see differently than we saw last year that we can see in the spiritual realm and we can see the unlocked treasures and that we'll not only take them for ourselves, but we'll share those treasures with other people that you bring across our paths, the spiritual treasures as well as the material things. Have your way in our midst. We're excited about this new year. We truly believe that the best is yet to come. As our heads are bowed, I'd ask you, if you would, just to join me as we start this year that we just put God first together in our prayer. We'll acknowledge him as our savior and our dependence upon him. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. I believe he died on a cross for me. And I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open that door right now And I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, as my King, as my friend. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. And I make a decision this day to follow you closely and to obey you and to set my love upon you. In Jesus' name. You know, uh, all of you have a a little connections card there. And I put something on there. If if you want to uh, get an agreement with us, what we're planning on doing. And it just simply says, I shall start this year in pursuit of the treasure God has for me in 2017. I'm going to pursue him, knowing that the treasure comes in a close, intimate relationship with him. But if you agree with that, say, well, I'm going to pursue it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to pursue it. I've got the appetite for it. Check it off, drop it in the tithe box. Then on your way out, for those of you who prayed and you welcomed Christ into your life for the very first time, stop at our Connections desk on the way out and uh, pick up a little gift bag. It's got a Bible in there and some other little goodies to inspire your faith. And there's a a gift bag there for all you first-time comers. Uh, And if you were not here at the Christmas service, there's a, a gift for all of you, whether you was at a Christmas service or not. I mean, just go back there and let them know that you you missed out on that. And don't forget, it might hurt my feelings if you don't want our Christmas postcard, but that'll be okay. If you don't like it, you can use it as a scarecrow in your garden or something, I suppose. But there's a little letter letting you know what's been going on in our family this past year. If you need some prayer, the altar is open for uh, all those who need some prayer. And I'm telling you, God still answers prayer. He genuinely does. So get to know one another, have an awesome, fantastic new year, you know, high five each other on your way out, shake somebody's hand, get to know somebody, God bless you, you are dismissed. Hey, Graham, how you doing, man?